Hello students of Seneca and welcome to this episode of the Biology Revise A-Level podcast. I'm Richard and today we're going to talk you through some night before preparation for your paper three exam which is coming up soon and it's so exciting because this might be your last exam of your school career which is pretty mental if you think about it all you've been through if you do have more to go if you've got chemistry or another subject then I'm sorry you're not quite there but you're so all of you are so close you've got one more exam or maybe another one but you've got you're so close to the end and you just need to keep going that last little stretch so what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to talk through three topics we're going to talk through the difference between eukaryotic and prokaryotic cells we're going to look at DNA genes and chromosomes and then we're going to finish off with um, some neurons and action potential um, hyperflashcards. So we're going to go through those three things and we're also going to go through some stress busting tips at the end to make sure that you are relaxed and ready to go into your exam as well prepared as possible. So let's start with uh, prokaryotic and eukaryotic cells and the differences and similarities between them. So you need to know that all life on Earth exists as cells and a cell is a sm is the smallest living uh, unit um smallest unit of a living thing sorry so all cells can be grouped into either eukaryotic or prokaryotic cells and these different categories have similarities and differences now the similarities are that both prokaryotic and eukaryotic cells contain what we call organelles so quick question for you, what's the smallest unit of living things? Well, that is cells. So a, cells, uh, a cell surface membrane in eukaryotic and prokaryotic cells is made up of a phospholipid bilayer. And this bilayer is responsible for controlling the passage of substances across exchange surfaces. So that's just the bit that goes around your, the cells, okay? Now, the differences are that prokaryotic cells make up single-celled prokaryotic organisms like bacteria. And in contrast, eukaryotic cells make up complex eukaryotic organisms like animals, plants, fungi, algae, and things like that. So, quick question for you uh, in an exam style. I want you to describe the cell surface membrane. You want to pause and have a go at it yourself, and I'll go through the answer. But the answer is the cell surface membrane in eukaryotic and prokaryotic cells is made of a phospholipid bilayer, and this phospho this bilayer is responsible for controlling the passage of substances across exchange surfaces. Now, eukaryotic cells are larger and more complex than prokaryotic cells, and to remind us that a bacterium is an example of a prokaryotic organism. So cells arise from other cells by binary fission in prokaryotic cells and by mitosis or meiosis in eukaryotic cells. So some statements about um, eukaryotic cells and how they compare to prokaryotic cells. So remember that both have a membrane and they're made up of phospholipid phospholipid bilayer. The eukaryotic cells are larger than the prokaryotic cells and eukaryotic cells are more complex than prokaryotic cells. Right, so that's all we're going to look at for eukaryotic versus prokaryotic. 
So let's move on to DNA, genes, and chromosomes, as promised, and right on cue. So start off with, um, I'm going to basically, through this uh, DNA, genes, and chromosomes section, I'm going to ask a question or say a statement, and I want you to, if you want to pause and have a go yourself and then listen to the answer, that's great, or just listen to me go through the answers, okay? So what are the features of DNA molecules in prokaryotes? Well, the chromosomes in prokaryotes are short and circular, and prokaryotic chromosomes coil around themselves in a process called supercoiling. And this allows the circular chromosomes to fit inside the cell. Now, DNA is located in the cytoplasm of prokaryotes. Now, what are the features of DNA molecules in eukaryotes? Well, chromosomes in eukaryotic cells are long and linear, and the DNA in eukaryotics, eukaryotes uh, is tightly wrapped around proteins called histones. Now, DNA then coils around the histones and are condensed in the chromosome. DNA in eukaryotes is located in the nucleus, and diploid eukaryotes have uh, homologous pairs of chromosomes. Homologous just means they go together. Next question. What is the role of mitochondrial DNA? Well, mitochondrial DNA encodes enzymes that are used for respiration. So what is the role of cytochloroplast uh, DNA? Well, the DNA that is found in chloroplasts encodes enzymes that are used in photosynthesis. Next question, define codons and their function. So three bases in a gene are called a triplet or a codon. And a specific codon encodes a specific amino acid. Now these, the codons present in a gene and the sequence of the codons are translated into a sequence of amino acids. And these, uh, together, these amino acids are polypeptides. That's what, that's what forms polypeptides. Next question, what is the function of mRNA? Well, the sequence of bases in, the, in a gene is made into a polypeptide by, co by copying DNA into a molecule called messenger RNA, which is mRNA. Now, mRNA is then copied into the corresponding polypeptide. Next, what is the function of tRNA? Well, transfer RNA or tRNA helps find the correct amino acid for the specific codon. What is the function of rRNA? Well, that's ribosomal RNA, and they are part of the ribosomes and center the um, and the and center of the protein's synthesis. What are the names given to coding and non-coding regions in genes? Well, coding regions are called exons, and non-coding regions are called introns. Right, last one we're going to look at is describe the three most important features of the genetic code. Feature one, the genetic code is degenerate. And this means that some amino acids are encoded by 
more than one codon. So for example, tyrosine is encoded by TAT, but also by TAC. And the genetic code is not over is non-overlapping. This means that there are no overlaps between triplet codes. And the genetic code is universal. This means that the same four bases are used in the DNA of every organism, and the same codons encode the same amino acids in every organism as well. That's pretty nuts, isn't it? Right, let's move on to our last section we're going to look at, which is neurons and action potentials. And we're going to, again, we're going to go through some questions. I want you to either pause if you want to think about the answer yourself or just listen to me go through the answers to these questions. So what are the three main types of neurons? Well, we've got sensory neurons, which carry nervous impulses from receptors, for example, pressure receptors, into the central nervous system, which is sometimes called the CNS. Then we've got motor neurons, which carry impulses from the CNS to effector organs like muscles or glands. And then lastly, we've got relay neurons, which are the intermediate neurons and they receive impulses from sensory neurons and relay, neuro, and, and relay them to the motor neurons. So we've got the um, sensory neurons, which uh, they, they're at the receptors, then the relay neurons transfer those impulses to the motor neurons which are the final final step. So describe the basic structure of neurons. Neurons can be uh, myelinated or non-myelinated, but all neurons have following basic structures. They have dendrites, they carry nervous impulses towards a cell body. Axons carry nervous impulses away from the cell body. And the cell body is where the nucleus is normally located. So quick question. Name three types of neuron. Can you remember that from earlier? We've got sensory, we've got relay, and we've got motor. Three, euro, three neurons. Describe the structure of myelinated neurons. Well, Schwann cells, S-C-H-W-A-N-N, cells are wrapped around the axon of the neuron and the, these cells form the myelin sheath. Now gaps between adjacent Schwann cells are called nodes of Ranvier. It's quite a posh name that isn't it? Big question this one so I'm going to go through it slowly and repeat bits that are, that are important. So how is resting potential established? This is us moving on to action potentials. So first of all, you need to know about sodium potassium ion pumps. So three Na plus ions are actively transported out of the neuron by the pump for every two K plus ions that are transported in. Now that leads to a buildup of positive ions outside the cell. So then we've got the K plus ion channels. So where the, where, oh, so there are potassium ion channels in the neuron membrane and this means uh, this means it is permeable to k plus ions now when k plus ions are transported into neurons they can diffuse back out and the neuron membrane is also interpreted uh, sorry impermeable to na plus ions so the ions cannot diffuse back into the cell after they've been transported out so together the action of sodium potassium pumps 
and potassium ion channels leads to a potential difference across the neuron membrane. And this potential difference is called the resting potential. Now, the resting potential is about 70, uh, sorry, minus 70 microvolts. So again, to recap that, we've got three sodium potassium ion pumps. We've got three Na plus ions actively transported out of the neuron. Then we've got two K plus ions going in. That leads to a buildup of positive ions outside the cell. So then K plus ion channels, um, the K plus ion channels are in the neuron membrane and they're permeable to K plus ions only. So Na plus ions cannot go through them. Now K plus ions transport, transport into the neuron and they can diffuse back out. So together, basically that creates a potential difference across the neuron of about 70 microvolts. Big question that. So, describe the steps to, of stimulation and depolarization in the generation of an action potential. So first of all, stimulation. So Na plus ion channels in the cell membrane open when the neuron is stimulated. And Na plus ions flood into the neuron and the potential difference across the membrane changes to become more positive inside the neuron. Then you've got depolarization. So if the potential difference increases above uh, the threshold value of about 55, so minus 55 microvolts, then, um, then the membrane will become depolarized and more sodium channels open and there is a sharp increase in the potential difference by about plus 30 microvolts. So that's all we're going to look at in this episode in terms of the content. The last thing to say is give you a little bit of a stress buster before we go by going through the superhero's guide to reducing exam stress. So let's see what we've got. So try your best revision, but don't sacrifice your mental health. That's not a good thing to do. And uh, i got a nice gif here of a superhero looking after his mental health, which is excellent. Then we've got to eat well. Make sure you eat well um, and make yourself nice and strong like any superhero would. Get some exercise done because that's going to be good for you to take your mind off things and give yourself a break. Also, back yourself. You know, um, you've been working so hard in the last couple of years to get to this point, and I'm sure you've done lots of revision. If you haven't, you're still doing the right thing by being here and listening to all the, these podcasts. So keep going. Back yourself. You've done really well, and you're going to do really well. Also, just think about that post-exam feeling. You know it well by now, having come out and done, um, gone through lots of exams yourself. You're going to be feeling so great after that exam's finished. It's going to be amazing. So that's all I've got to say. Last, last thing really is best of luck from everyone here at Seneca. We're all rooting for you, and we hope you have a great summer. If this is your last exam, if it's not your last exam, listen out for the um, the other night before podcasts that are coming your way before your next exams. Best of luck and you're going to smash it. Good luck for your exams. We're going to be releasing night before podcasts before every exam. And if you head on over to YouTube on every weekday, we are going to be doing live streams at 4.45 and 5.30. So make sure you subscribe. And while you're at it, rate us five stars. We're amazing. <laughs> Good luck.